0: Our trust in the anointing of the Holy Ghost that teaches us all things and leads us and guides us into all truth. Father, we acknowledge you tonight. Spirit of the living God, we acknowledge you. And we thank you, Father, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has accomplished everything in our behalf. He said it is finished. He said he has perfected us forever. Us who are sanctified, we've been perfected forever. He has reconciled everything unto you. All things that pertain unto life and godliness is us, belong to us. You placed all things underneath his feet, and we are his feet. So you have placed all things underneath us. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man? That you would visit him. That you made all things subject unto him. But it doesn't always appear that way. It doesn't appear quite often that we are the head and not the tail. It doesn't appear that we have the keys of hell, of death, and of the grave. Because we know that Jesus has them. But we are joint heirs with him and all that he has belongs to us. We know that he reigns. And he rules over all. But we don't feel like if we are ruling over all. But we do know that as he is, so are we in this world. Therefore, we must rule over all. But Father, we thank you that you've sent the Holy Spirit to take those things that belong to Jesus and that belong to us and to make them real to us. So that it's not just a scripture out there. It's not just a verse here and a verse there but it is a very, it's a revelation of our very own reality to what you have brought us to and what you are doing in us. So Father, tonight we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that makes real unto us what is already finished, that makes real unto us who we are in you, that makes real unto us the freedom whereby Christ has set us free. We thank you for getting that done tonight and throughout this conference, but we pray, Lord God, that as we leave this place, that we would not just be mere hearers of the word, but that we would be doers, and that these things would be built into our lives in such a way that the very life of Christ would come forth and would be made manifest and would bring liberty and freedom to others. We ask this in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it, and everyone said? Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me just get a little bit more comfortable. Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost is a comforter. You know that, eh? He's a strengthener, too. Turn with me to um, Galatians chapter 4, the last verse of grace. Galatians chapter 4 and chapter 5. Hallelujah. Say freedom, somebody. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Galatians chapter 4, the last verse, and the main verse that I do want is Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. But we're going to read it as if there was no division. Amen, are we all there? So then, brethren, we are not children of the born woman, but of the free. We are children of the free. We are the children of God. Guess whose DNA we have. We are children of God, are we? Therefore, whose DNA do we have? God. We have God's DNA. How free is he? Very free. We are children of God. We have God's DNA. We are children of the free. We have that DNA of freedom on the inside of us. Stand fast, therefore, since that is the case. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Stand fast in the liberty because it, because as a child of God, as a child born, as, as a child of the free, you have liberty. But now he's saying, stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made us free. Is this future tense? Made us free. Is that future? That's past tense. That's past and present. Christ has made us free. You are children of the free. You are born of God. You have his DNA. Given you have this freedom, you are to stand firm in it. And don't be entangled with any yoke of bondage. In other words, don't be pulled out of it. Because if you come out of that freedom, you're going to be in some realm of of, of bondage. It almost came out of my mouth. Some realm of darkness. Right? Because the truth of the matter is the area where we are not operating in freedom, we are and we are operating in some degree of bondage, we are actually under the influence of the kingdom of darkness. Amen. So stand fast in that liberty. You don't want to have fellowship with darkness, do you? Or be underneath that rule. Now, but let's 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 establish. A couple of things right up front. We are children of the free. Let us establish that you are free indeed. Say, I'm free indeed. Now, what does free indeed mean? It means totally, absolutely free, as free as free can be. There is no greater freedom than free indeed. Are you with me? And this is you. That is the dimension. Of the freedom that you already have in your born again spirit. Every child of God, when he is born of God, he is born again. And in his spirit, he has absolute, total, perfect, complete freedom. The same kind of freedom that Jesus has right now. And the same type of freedom that God has. You're going to have to believe that. Because you see, it's from that place. That faith operates. It is when we don't quite grasp that, that we struggle in our faith. And our faith, and we begin to wonder, and so on. Alright, so we need to establish that. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 36, Whom the Son sets free, is what? Free Free indeed. Perfectly free. You are perfectly free in your spirit. Let's look at some scriptures Just to establish that. Because you see, the way faith works, without faith it's impossible to please God. And quite frankly, you are the just, you are made righteous, you are a child of God, and the just shall live by faith. Amen? How does the just live? By faith. In other words, you see, his life life is sustained by by faith. This is how he functions. Without faith, you cannot please God, and this is your victory. This is the means by which you are able to receive from God and live the Christian life effectively. Amen? But you see, this the, the, the secret of faith is, first of all, it is faith in God. It's the God kind of faith. you got to believe the way God believes. And to believe the way God believes, you got to see things the way God sees them you got to see how God sees it before you can talk the way God talks. Amen? And when you see the way God sees it, God is not moved by what it looks like and what it feels like. God sees it the way it is in the realm of the Spirit, where it is done, where it is finished. God sees it according to the Word. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13 that you and I, when we are born again, God has given unto us the same spirit of faith. We believe how? According as it is written. Where the word of God is already settled in heaven. So you've got to know what is settled in heaven. You've got to know how it is in the realm of the spirit if you're going to see the way God sees. And that's the reason why God gave us this Bible. That's the reason why he gave us this word. So that we can see the unseen, So we can see in the realm of the spirit. So that we can know what exists in the realm of the spirit. Believe that and then by faith causes it to come and exist here on earth. Amen? You see, faith calls those things that be not as though they were. What does that mean? Faith calls it the way it exists here. Amen? It calls those things that don't exist here the way it exists here. And therefore, it calls those things that be not the way it actually is here. And when that faith sees the way God sees and magnifies what's already done, then things begin to shift, and then, it, and then your faith will give it substance and cause the way it is in the realm of the Spirit for it to become on earth as it is in heaven, which is the will of God. Amen? But if you do not clear, have a clear understanding and comprehension of how it is in the realm of the Spirit and what's already done, then your faith will be wobbly. Amen? Which means when the pressure comes, when the test comes, when the affliction comes, when all those things come, when the bad report comes, then you will begin to wonder. You're going to begin to waver. Amen. So it is important for us to understand that in your born-again spirit, when you are born again, F a child of God, your born-again spirit has absolute, total, perfect freedom. Let me give you a few scriptures to establish that. Because you see, this is going to become the foundation of your faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, that He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Perfected forever. Forever doesn't just mean forever and ever and ever, forever means perfectly. You know when the Bible says you've got eternal life? It's not just life forever. It's the life of God. It is perfect life. Amen? So your spirit being perfected forever, it's as perfect. Because you see, once you put that word perfect out there, there's nothing higher. Is that correct? Come on, think about it. Once you put the word perfect out there, there can't be anything higher. And if there is an therefore, when you're talking perfect, you're talking God. Since your spirit has been perfected forever, it must be like God. Amen? And we could tell, uh, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse verse 24, that this new man, this spirit man, has been created in righteousness and true holiness. What do you mean true holiness? The holiness of God. The righteousness of God. We are made. Jesus was made to be sent for us, that we might be made what? The righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? The righteousness of God comes upon all them that believe. Do you believe? Have you accepted Jesus? Well, according to Romans chapter 3 verse 22, the righteousness of who? God has come upon you. It doesn't get better than the righteousness of God. It doesn't get more holy than than the true holiness of God. And it doesn't get more perfect than God is perfect. Your spirit, man, is being perfected forever. Now the Bible also says, and again, I I want you to capture that in your spirit you are totally, completely free. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 10, it says that you are complete in Christ. You are complete in him. You lack nothing in him. Just to to make that point uh, uh, further, told me in Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah. And verse 20. Now the Bible, in, in, in the Old Testament, the word peace, which we translate as, as shalom, means nothing broken, nothing missing, right? How many of you know that? All right, Shalom. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. And that's awesome. Isn't that wonderful? That means, that means wholeness. That means healing. That means all of those things. Preservation. But New Testament peace is higher. Jesus said in John chapter 15, 40, verse 27 My peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. What is this peace of the new covenant? Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 says talking about Jesus, having made peace. He made something. He made peace. How? Through the blood of his cross. That's his sacrifice. death, burial, resurrection, and his shed blood. He made peace through the blood of his cross. By him to do what? Reconcile all things unto himself. So what does this peace that he made through the blood of his cross, through his sacrifice, what does it look like? This is what it looks like. Everything reconciled on to himself. whether it be in heaven, whether it be in Earth. And if you back up, if you were to go back further, it would say, whether it be visible or whether it be invisible. What is there that is not visible or invisible? What is there that is not in heaven or in earth? Whether it doesn't matter whether visible or invisible, whether heaven or earth, he has reconciled what? How many things? All things. This is what this peace looks like. How did he do that? By the blood of his cross. So what am I saying? This new covenant peace that we have is one where everything has been reconciled with me. Everything is at one again. Say at one again. Amen. In other words, everything is as if sin has absolutely never existed. That means a strifeful situation that you're in has already been reconciled. That means some situation you're dealing with your body, it's already been reconciled. Whatever it is, anything in the realm of human experience and, 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 this, and on this earth has been reconciled by the sacrifice of Christ. And that, that is why this peace is super wholeness. Nothing broken, absolutely nothing, but everything reconciled. And the Bible says it's the God of that peace that will bruise Satan underneath your feet shortly. Amen? Now the Bible says that, turn to this verse of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 15. And while, you talk, while you're turning there, think about his peace. Every, say everything reconciled. Amen. Everything set at one again. Say that. Everything set at one again. Amen. To what? To God's original intent and purposes. Amen? And by the way, that's how it is in heaven. And that's what we wanted to be where? On earth. On earth. Everything reconciled. Now, while you're, while you're on the your way, you're already here in um, Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians 2, verse 4, you don't need to turn to it. It says, Christ is our peace. Which means it moves peace from some kind of thing and some kind of concept and some kind of understanding into a very person. Are you with me? Christ is our peace. <laughs> well, in Him is the embodiment of everything reconciled. And by the way, while we are at it, His nature rules over everything. That's why the Bible says in uh, um, Isaiah, I think, 45 uh, verse 23, I, I believe it is, that, uh, that uh, regarding righteousness, and every knee shall bow. That scripture we use in Philippians, that uh, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess. That he is Lord. That's where it came from. Where did it come from? It came from the reality that this nature, which is what we speak when we declare the name of Jesus, everything bows to that. Now, by the way, while we are at that, do you know the nature that is in you? Is it the nature of Christ? Is it the nature of Christ? Come on now. You got you to gotta buy into this stuff. Listen, we're not talking about trying to be... We're not trying to operate. We we, got to get a hold of the truth. The Bible says that nature, He abhors all things by the word of His power. Everything bows to that nature, and that's the nature that is on the inside of you and inside of me. Christ Himself is our life. You've been crucified with Christ, it's no longer you that live, but it's Christ that lives in you, and that's the life that you have. So, and because everything bows to that nature that is in you, no wonder it says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 that what? All of creation is waiting to see what? The manifestation of the sons of God. They want to see the sons of God show up as the sons of God. Are you with me? Amen? All right. No. say peace. Everything reconciled. Say peace. Everything reconciled. Everything set at one again to God's original intent and purpose. Now, so, when in Ephesians chapter 6, when Paul is telling us how we are to position ourselves so that we can be effective in spiritual warfare, and he says put on the whole arm of God, and then when he gets to verse 15, he talks about this particular mindset. He says, and above, he says, and have your feet. Your feet. That's where you're going to walk. That's what you walk with. Shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of what? Peace. Alright. He says, however you walk, wherever you walk, you are to walk with the preparation of this good news that everything is reconciled. So here you are going into a hostile environment. Here you are dealing with some severe challenges. That if you want to see it according to the challenge, man, you'll go giddy. You'll faint. You'll quit. You'll give up. You'll run off. But he says, look here. You can walk into this situation and you have the gospel shoes. That's readiness. I'm ready. Say, I'm ready. Because I have the good news of these shoes that says everything has been reconciled. This matter that I'm about to face has already been dealt with. Are you with me? What does that do for your faith? And that's why it was actually going to go on from there and say, above all, taking the shield of faith. The Amplified of verse 15 says, having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of? The gospel of peace. Amen? Can you see what I'm saying? All right. But what i got, I'm trying to tell you that we've got, you and I have got absolute, total, perfect freedom in our spirit. Your life, Colossians 3 verse 3 says, your life, the life that you now have is hid with Christ in God. Amen? It's hid here in Christ and in God. Do you think the devil could get in there? Amen? There's not the word of God says that you are being sealed By the Holy Ghost? Amen? All right. Say, I'm free. free. And we can just go on and on, talk about where we're seated in heavenly places at the Father's right hand, far above all principalities and powers and all of that. You are born again, and in your spirit, you are absolute, total, complete freedom. You are so free, you are born into victory whosoever is born of God overcome it. Whosoever is born of God comes over. Isn't that right? You are born into this freedom. You know, that's why it says um, you are born, not of, the, not of the born woman, but of the free. It's like you are born not into just the royal family, but you are born into that deity. You are living in the natural body, but there is divinity God himself living on the inside of you. And God wants you and I to wake up to that reality. Amen? Mm -hmm. We're not going to get there tonight, but I'll tell you something. Righteousness, when we get there, absolutely, totally, completely annihilates fear. You know why? Because righteousness says I'm one with God. Mm -hmm. Righteousness says God is my life. He is my strength. He is the horn of my salvation. He is my deliverance. He is my help. He is, and you can fill in the blank. Well, if I really believe that, of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my life and my salvation. The Lord, is my, the Lord is my deliverance. The Lord is my divine help. The Lord is my wisdom. Whatever it is, everything that God is, he is in me. And his love moves to the place Where all that he is, he wants to manifest in me and through me and on my behalf. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk. Walk in righteousness. That's the rightness. That walk in that oneness. No good thing. The problem is, we don't believe that. Are you with me? So I'm saying all of this because it is a faith proposition. Alright. Hallelujah. Now, so we are absolutely, totally, completely free. The limitations that come from your humanity, quite frankly, again, you got this human vessel, but the spirit man—you gotta see your spirit. Jesus, the Bible says, if you walk in the spirit, the Bible says that God is seeking such to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And if you can, if you operate and you see from within your spirit. You will see that your spirit, you see, in the natural, um, if you are, are the wrong color and the wrong race, you can you can have problems and you can have some limitations because you're not as good looking. Hello? Because you're male, because you're female, because of your accent, because of um of all these other human things. And if those things define you, yeah, and you allow them to, yes, you'll be very limited. But you see, the reality of your born-again spirit is that you, that he doesn't have no culture. He's not from this ethnic group. He's not from that ethnic group. The Bible says in Christ, Galatians 3, verse 28, That is neither male, nor female, born, nor free. Does it say that? Yeah. Amen? And it says in Revelation 5, verse 9, he's redeemed us out of Every tongue, every kindred, and if we amplify it, it will basically say that you are redeemed out of, you've been bought out of, pulled out of every human definition and limitation. That is why you can even go to the point and say, hey, hey, you can now do all things through Christ that strengthens you. That's why Jesus will say, you're in the Word, but you're not of the Word. Meaning what? You're in the Word, but you're not to be defined by the Word. Are you with me? Say, I'm free. All right. Wonderful. However, all of this freedom, in all of its perfection, is in your born again spirit. First Thessalonians five twenty three says, "May the God here again, the God of peace, you know who that is, is, right? May the God of peace sanctify you, set you apart holy. W h o l l y. That means every part of you, your whole spirit, your whole soul." And your whole body. So you all in spirit, you do have a soul, you have a body. Your spirit man is fine, he's wonderful. He has been made free forever and being made free perfectly, he's free indeed. However, in your soul, that is not exactly the case. In your soul, you can have all kinds of bondages. In the soul, you can have emotion issues, feeling issues, your imagination, your memory. <coughs> Excuse me. In your soul you can have bondage. In your body you can have bondage. <coughs> Sickness, disease, headaches, pain, and and, and and the natural effects of aging. See my youth is renewed as an All right. And in your life, there could be trauma, there could be all these things. But you see. The Bible says in James 1 verse 21, Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. In other words, your soul is not saved. Your body is not saved. Good news is the price has been paid for them. Amen? Amen. But they haven't received it. In your spirit, spirit, the price has been paid for your spirit to be free. But your spirit has already received it. But on your soul and in your body... That is where the work needs to be done. And that is where the enemy wants to use that area and keep you in bondage. Amen? He wants to keep you in bondage. He wants to keep you in a place underneath his rule, underneath his influence. He wants you to cooperate with him and the kingdom of darkness. Amen? He wants to entangle you. He wants to cause you. To have difficulties, be oppressed and, and, and be anxious and to and, and to have um, these mental impending doom mindset and so on and so forth. He wants to bring you in bondage. But you see, Galatians 5 verse 1 says, You are free, you've got liberty. You've been born of you've been born out of a God that is free. You've been born out of not from the born woman, you've been born into this freedom. Amen. And then it says, you've got this liberty. Christ has given it to you. But don't get entangled. Well, the devil wants you to get entangled. And he will use the soul and the body. But let me tell you how he does it. The number one way that the enemy does it is by fear. The number one way he does it is by fear. Amen? And there are various elements of fear. Sometimes there's fear present and we don't even discern that it is. But the Bible says in Isaiah 54 verse 14. That in my children will be taught of the Lord and in righteousness. In that oneness with God, they're going to be established, anchored, rooted. And as they are anchored and rooted and established in that righteousness, the oneness of God with God, they shall be far, say far, far from oppression because they shall not fear. Far from oppression, because it shall not fear. In other words, oppression is connected to fear. Now, when we think oppression, we think about it in the mental arena. But do you know you can have financial oppression? Amen. Sickness is sickness, physical sickness, and oppression. There's various kinds of oppression, oppression, but all of them fear is the key, and fear is what the enemy uses. The Bible says in Acts 10-38 how Jesus went about doing good. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. All of those that were oppressed and it came from the devil. How did he do it? Fear is the key. Which means then, so whatever it is, when you're talking the curse and there's a whole list of things, fear is what the enemy uses. That would mean then that if you can take fear away from him. If you can stop the fear, then you can stop him. Does that make sense? Right? And this, in the rest of this particular message here tonight, that's where we're going. Because you see, once fear is present, to whatever degree, there's a cooperation with the spirit of darkness. Because fear is bondage. God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. But he's given us the spirit of what? Adoption. Saying, God is my father. I'm a father. Daddy, daddy. Amen? All right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So fear is what the enemy used. Fear is what the enemy used in the case with Job. Was Job in captivity in the Bible said... Right? The Bible says, oh, 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 oh. In, in Job 42 to thing verse 10, when God reversed the captivity of Job as he prayed for his friends, that's because he was in captivity. How did he get into that captivity? If we go to Job chapter 1, we will see how Job had sons and daughters and and I mean and I mean when the weekend comes and 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 he was he was living over there they were living over there and he was thinking oh I wonder what those children are doing oh what they doing they might be cursing God and I mean and he would and I mean he was up all night and he was making sacrifices over and over and over and over but it was not a sacrifice in faith it was his fear in action he was acting out his fear and he himself and it says in in job chapter 23 3 and verse 25, Job said, that which I have feared has come upon me. Amen? What I have feared has come upon me. In other words, the very thing I feared is what came. In other words, Job's fear and insecurity literally concerning his children literally caused their destruction. Amen? We're gonna, when we, we, you're going to see later on God don't want you to be carrying on cares. Because if you carry on cares, you're going to give place to the devil. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast your cares on me because I care for you. I love you. Don't you believe it? Cast all your cares upon me because I care for you lovingly. And he says, to be sober, be vigilant, because the devil goes around, acting like a roaring lion. He's a lying one, right? He's not a lion. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But anyway, he, the devil goes more like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Who is it that he may devour? Those that are having cares. And they're keeping it rather than giving it to God. Amen? But he said, don't, don't, don't do that. Resist them steadfastly. The so the issue of cares and cares, we are in a time where... Fear is not just big fear. Anxiety is fear. Worry, worry, happen is fear. What's going to happen? You know, you know, and and the um, fear of the future, fear of failure, fear of lack, fear of rejection, fear of things going wrong. All kinds of fear. All kinds of anxieties. Amen. Blessed in the name of the Lord. And that's one. Of the, that's one of the things that we gotta. Get crushed out. Driven out of you. All of the throngs of anxiety and worry. And stuff that the enemy has used to keep you bound. In the name of Jesus. I declare that you're going to get out. Of, you're going to leave here. And be free from them in the name of Jesus. You have to be so free from them. And come into a place. Where the consciousness of your oneness with God. Him having your back. Him being in you. That will awake such righteousness in you. The Bible says the righteous are as what? Bold as a lion. Amen? And that boneness has to have substance. It's got to have backbone. If you are dealing with a with a life-threatening situation, and all you're doing is just going, because you hear somebody else saying, no, no, I'm I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm going to be all right, this can't kill me, I'm not going to die of this. If you're saying that, but you don't really know what you're saying, and you don't have strength, you don't have the revelation, certain revelations of that oneness and, and Christ being your health and, and, and certain things, then, I'm, then, then that don't push the devil off. And quite frankly, that's not going to drive cancer off. Just because you say, right, ah, this is not going to kill me. Are you with me? You, the righteous are as bold as a lion, but it comes after the revelation of his righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I am the righteousness of God. Now, so set your heart, make up your mind that you are gonna get this. That you are gonna cut. You're gonna be free from every yoke of bondage, anxiety, fear, or, or any sense of evil, foreboding, impending doom, whatever it might be. You're gonna be not only free from that, but you're gonna come into a place of boldness and confidence, and be set on a pathway of absolute, total freedom. Amen? But you got to set your heart that way. Amen? All right. So let's understand. Let's, let's get some understanding of a fear and um, and so on. But let me give you a mental picture for a moment. Imagine, get, get this picture of a big elephant. Say big elephant. Big elephant. Say it again. Big elephant. Big, elephant. big elephant. big, I mean strong legs. And then this little rope tied to the, tied to the leg of one leg too, not even on four, just one of the elephant and it's in a little pole over there and it's right there. Now, after level that, le- that elephant could become so deceived that he doesn't realize that he's got more strength than that rope. That rope that binds him That binds you that binds us is as fear is it's a deception but it is is there to mimic you and it is there to even enslave you keep you in bondage it could be a fear 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 of lack fear of this fear of whatever it might be but it is there to create a limitation you wouldn't step out. You wouldn't take action. You wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't obey God. You wouldn't, you've got to give you a creative idea. You you, you, you don't know what to do with it. You're afraid. Amen? Sometimes you, you can even be tormented with that, you know, the, the tormenting patterns of, of thinking and, and dread and, and worry. Fear is tormenting. The devil is the tormentor. Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. God has not given us a what?
1: Spirit.
0: A what? Spirit. A spirit. A spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit in the sense that there's a demonic force behind it. Now the enemy will use situation circumstances to create a mindset, a mind, a fearful mindset, which in turn will release. Fear into your life can even affect your your physical body. But it's a demonic spirit that is behind it. Now, when you think about that, and you are who you are a child of God. God wants you to fellowship with who? The Holy Spirit, not a demonic spirit. Amen. Alright. Now let's examine the origin of fear. Because when you are when you are when you can recognize the origin. You will also see where the answer is. Amen? Let's take a walk to the Garden of Eden. How many of you know the story of the Garden of Eden without us having to turn to it? You do, alright. In the Garden of Eden, Adam... I'm going to put it all on Adam. Can we put it on Adam? Let's leave Eve out of it. <laughs> in the Garden of Eden, Adam ate from the tree of what? The knowledge of good... And, evil. and that was the only tree in the midst of the garden. But he ate from the, knowledge, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What happened? It separated him from God. God said the day you eat thereof you shall die. And that sin the, sin, the sin is separation from God. When he ate that tree of the, tree of what? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the temptation is, the devil has said, if you eat this, you're going to be like God. Which means you, you're not going to need God. You could be your own God. You're going to know good. You're going to know evil. You can make all your decisions on your own. You could be your own source and everything else. So, but the sin, the eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil caused him to be separated from God. Amen? That's clue. That's a clue. That's a clue because they don't the want you going to see him hanging in. It and he says, I was afraid. That didn't exist before. So it's a, it's a clue that the eating from the tree, the knowledge of good and evil, cause separation. Say separation. separation. That automatically will tell you that if you be in a place where you're not separated, you already have some answer for fear. Mm. Yeah. And that place of not being separated is the place of righteousness, oneness with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, Jesus was made to be what? Sin for us. Why? So that we might be made what? The righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. And everyone that believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? The righteousness of God comes upon them. Romans 3.22. Alright. But what has happened? In separating from eating on in, 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 in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what that also meant. Is that he was now getting information, but from the wrong source. The devil, who is a liar. There is no truth in him. Amen? Amen. He is a liar. There is no truth in him. Let me back up for a moment. It says God has not given us a spirit of fear. The word spirit is a word that means messenger. What do messengers do? They bring information. The problem with the messenger that is a spirit of faith that is demonic is that it brings information that is contrary to the word of God. Contrary to what God says. And it brings information quite often based on reasoning, based on logic, based on what it looks like, based on what it feels like. And that's what Adam fell into. In that now he was getting information so that that was based on his senses. Reasoning and he was and he moved into that realm, and in that realm, where he's getting in, in that realm, and here he is separated from God. Now, I'm going to be like God. Now, we thinking, you know what? I, I, here's the temptation I can take care of myself, I don't need God. But when you think about it, I have to be my own source. But I'll tell you, there's about four or so reasons that cause the spirit to get in. One of them is Is when you're trusting in the arm of flesh. Jeremiah 17 verse 5 says, Cursed is the man who trusts in the arm of flesh as opposed to trusting in God. When when you are in a place where you are are trusting in your own flesh, you are trusting in in, in human effort, you are trusting. You You know why people are so afraid when they go into surgery? And they should be because they're trusting quite often in the arm of flesh that he don't make a mistake. <laughs> Sorry, I mean a little whatever. But you get my point? When you, and therefore, they can't go in with that depth of confidence. <laughs> when you are trusting in the arm of flesh or in your own ability, and the Bible says in Jeremiah 17 verse 5, cursed is the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs. You see that separation from the Lord. When you think that you must care for yourself. You are not trusting God. You are not resting in God, but rather you're resting on your own knowledge of good and evil. You are, you, you are, you are being in your you're being your own God. You know you don't and, and you see, inside of you, you know you don't have all the resources. You know you don't have all the power and the wisdom for anything that could possibly come your way. Once you trust in yourself, there is stuff that is going to come your way, and you know you don't have all the answers. You know that you don't have all the sufficiency in yourself. So now you're anxious. Now you're worried. Without realizing, and you step into that place, now you're, you're left anxious, you're left fearful, you're worried, there's evil foreboding, there's, and then it can even get to the place of, of, of mental torment. Amen? We have some things we say. We say to folks. Hey, hey, yeah, yo, man, take care. What do you want to take care for? Cast it there. Right? We, we say things like um um, we say, yo, hey man, yo, I got this. Really, you got this? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I, I'm think about how worthy those statements are. They're cute, but they are from the realm of the tree of the knowledge of the evil. You see, I again I was saying is a spirit messenger and is a messenger that brings lies. That is why fear is false evidence that appears real. It might be real in the natural realm. It might be true, factual in this realm. But it is a total contradiction to what is settled in heaven. And if you walk by sight, and if you walk by that, then you forfeit your faith, and your faith will not work, and instead, your fear will connect you to the problem. The Bible says in, in um, where is it? But it says somewhere in Proverbs, that the wicked, where is it? Anyway, it says the wicked flees. No, not, not that one. It says the, 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 um, the fear of the wicked shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted, amen. That's in Proverbs. Is it Proverbs 4, 24? That don't sound right, but anyway, are you see what I'm saying? So this issue of fear, wrong information, information based on what it looks like, you, you, you see. It's, it's, uh, and, and the thing is, the answer is, you gotta, you gotta stay one with God in fact I'll make this really simple if I just had like three sentences to teach you the world I put it in the three sentences this is what I'll tell you I will say to you here is where your freedom and your deliverance from fear is you gotta be as if the fall as if the fall never took place you gotta be in that place where number one you remain connected with God number two you do not go. up you do not You do not walk by sight, and you do not walk and and exalt the information of that realm higher than the truth of God's word that is set in heaven. And then number three, you must believe the love that God has for you. When you believe the love God has for you, then you're going to believe that it is his earnest desire to use his resources, his wisdom, his healing power on your behalf. But when you don't believe that, you believe he has power. But does he really love me? Amen? That's why the Bible says perfect love will do what? It will drive out fear. 1 John 4.18. But you got to believe. You got to know and believe the love of God. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? 1 John um, 4.16. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be in the name of the Lord. Alright, so fear connects you to the kingdom of darkness. Fear connects you with the, fear, with the kingdom of darkness, whereas faith connects you to God. Faith connects you to the blessing. Say the blessing. Blessings. But fear connects you to the devil, and fear connects you to the curse. Curse is a man who trusts in man and make the arm. Of the, arm of the arm of flesh, his strength and his confidence. Amen? That was the whole problem. Let, let me put this, let me throw this out here. I'm going to put this statement out here. We'll back it up later. The issue about cares, if you have them, God don't have them. That's why he said, cast it on me. What happens when you keep your anxieties and your cares and your fears? Whatever you do not surrender to God, he is not obligated um, to perform or to bring fulfillment. The Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 5, commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and what? He shall bring it to pass. If you don't commit it to him, he doesn't have to bring it to pass. Alright, let me put it this way. In order to be in a place of rest where you don't have the cares and the anxiety, for you to be in a place of rest where you're not trusting in your own ability, Jesus says, if you be burdened, come to me, I'll give you rest. To be in that place of rest, you've got to take the cares, the anxieties, and you have got to surrender it to God. That's the only way you can get in that place of rest. You gotta surrender it to God. Now, watch this. Only when you surrender it to God is God authorized to move on your behalf. Let's put it this way. When you are at rest, then God can do his best. I'm trying to be poetic. I but I want to make a point. If you don't surrender it, God is, Godhead, God is not released to do his best. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible would say, I will keep them in perfect peace. Who's what? Mine instead of in me. The person who is worried and anxious, is his mind stayed on him? No. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, stay hooked up with God. And the what? Peace of God. So keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Anyway, so faith answers God. God. Fear acts the devil. Fear acts the kingdom of God. Fear acts the kingdom of darkness. Fear pleases God. You want to hear the next one? Fear pleases the devil. Did you get that? And by the way, the Bible says, whatever is not a faith, Romans 14, 23, whatever is not of faith is what? Whatever is not of faith is what? Fear. Is fear faith? is worry faith come on is anxiety faith it's not a fear, therefore it's sin worry anxiety is sin number one you are whereas faith, faith demonstrates your confidence in god fear and anxiety demonstrate your confidence in the enemy hello Faith causes you to cooperate with God. Fear causes you to what? Cooperate with them? Okay. I'm, I'm working on something. I want you to come to a place where you decide, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate no fear. I'm just not going to tolerate it. Somebody say, well, you got to have a little bit of fear. Well, okay. If it's the fear that comes from because you're crossing the street and you see a truck coming really fast, that's Okay. That's alright. That tells you you need to get out of the way. That's okay. But you know something? That fear doesn't remain. The truck is going to buy, and then you're going to be alright. But that impending doom, all that, that worry habit, that is the one that we're talking about. Not the one that is designed to preserve you, keep you breathing. Amen. Alright. Hallelujah. You see have that hatred for fear, then you'll tolerate it. And the Bible says submit to God and do what? Resist the devil. Well, how are you going to resist the devil? Does he going to show up with a tail and two coins in his head? How are you going to know he's there? How are you going to know who to resist? Fear. Resist fear. You resist him. Are you with me? Alright. Fear honors God. Fear honors the Come on, say it. The devil. the devil. Now, did you want to read 30 verse 9? He says, I call you, I call you this day. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I accept that I accept before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he says, here's the hint, choose life. That both you and your seed may live. In other words, choose faith, not fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what has He given you? A spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1 15. Romans 8, 5, 8, 8 15. Sorry, 2 Timothy 1 7. Romans 8 15. What does it say? God has not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear. But he's given you a spirit of what? Adoption. Crying Abba Father. Spirit of adoption. You know what it means that you are adopted? You are adopted. He went out and he chose, this is the baby I want. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? He did this on purpose. You are adopted. And when he says, this is my baby... I adopt this baby. He was also saying, I'm responsible. I will care for you. You don't have to worry where the next milk is going to come from. I'll take care of it. Are you with me? You don't have to worry about nothing. Babies, are you, can you see me? I mean, I know babies crying, stuff. So. What do you think the babies are all? Oh, I wonder. I wonder. No, they are trusting in mommy bear. <laughs> are you with me? To take care. (laughs) So he says, I'm not giving you a spirit of bondage. Again, to fear. But I've given you what? A spirit of, of, of adoption. In other words, there's a contrast. The contrast is the spirit of fear. and bondage connected to it. The spirit, that lying, deceptive stuff. The spirit of fear. And the contrast is adoption. Can you see that? Love. 2 Timothy one verse seven, God is not giving us spirit of fear, but of what? Power. Love, power, and a sound mind. You see the contrast. Are you with me? All right. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So when you go and you fill in those two gaps, that came as a result of the fall. See the separation. You fill that with righteousness. And when you fill in the next gap, this wrong information coming from the wrong source, believing according to sight, believing according to what it looks like and and reasoning, and when you replace that with faith, believing the way God sees it. And you will find that they both will agree together when we get to that point. Amen? Hallelujah. But faith and righteousness and the love of God will absolutely destroy fear, because it will stop the separation, hallelujah, it will move you out of the, it will move you into the realm of God, righteousness moves you into the realm of God, that oneness with him, and in the realm of God, when you begin to see how he sees, how does he see, my word is forever settled where, in heaven, heaven. how does he see, it is finished, how does he see, are oh, you with He called those things the way they exist here. That's called faith. And not only that, whatever's going on here, I don't care how bad the report is, he magnifies his word above that. Amen? It's not about denial, but he magnifies this above that. You go looking at all that stuff down there, doubt. You can't listen to that bad report. I mean, you start Googling, a 100-year-old man has never had a child, a, 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 a 90-something-year-old woman who, 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 who is barren and that Doesn't happen. Hasn't happened. Don't happen. And then you decide, I'm going to believe God. You see how much doubt and unbelief you've already raised up? Amen? Now, instead of using your faith to receive from God, you got to use your faith to overcome the doubt and the unbelief. Why? Because you were considering all of that stuff and magnifying it. Rather than saying, hey, he is the creator of the heaven and the earth. Nothing is too difficult for him. How great is our God? He himself is made unto me, whatever it is. Nothing here that shall not be revealed. How great he is. I will believe God and not the report. You see, when you magnify, but how, do you, how, how do you even get there? It's talking about operating in that righteousness, that oneness. And when you learn to operate there, a lot of things will change. Amen? Amen. Let Let me wrap this up. It moves you into that realm. It moves you into that place. It moves you into the realm of truth. Hallelujah. So, I want you to see the evil of fear. But I also want you to see, you see the Bible says what? Whom the Son has set free, is free indeed. But you gotta know that freedom, you gotta know the truth. And then when you know that truth, that truth will make you free. In your spirit, you're free, but in your soul and your body, you're not. But if you know this, believe this, see this, speak this, think according to what already exists, and you get a hold of that truth, it will make and produce the freedom. But without, but if you allow fear to rule, worry, anxiety. Glory to God. You have to come to a place where you hate fear, and you decide, I'm going to make fear bow. I'm going to make fear bow. Amen. Do you believe you have that authority? Yes. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1, I have redeemed you. You shall not fear. You, I have redeemed you. Fear not. Why? Because you're redeemed. Amen. Now I know we're not there yet, but right now all you need to come to the conclusion tonight is this. I am not going to tolerate any more fear. Now you might have to know how and stuff, but you've got to make that decision to start with. I'm not going to tolerate fear. Amen? Amen? And you, I mean, freedom from fear is part of your inheritance. You're redeemed from it. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You have the mind of Christ. That means you don't have to be, think according to the natural realm. You don't have to be fair-minded. You can have a sound mind. He's giving you a sound mind. Love, power, and a sound mind. He's giving you the mind of Christ. Amen? Amen. But you got to let that mind be you. Alright. Alright. A little bit on this sober side, but we need to position ourselves. We need to position ourselves. We're going somewhere. I I I, I I I I honestly you get a hold of what needs to come out over the next through tomorrow, I guarantee you you will know how so you can be free from fear. And again, don't talk about a little bit of fear. You know the Bible put fear, you know the Bible put fear in, in I think in Revelation twenty one? Among the group of lying, murder, uncleanness adultery idolatry is it okay to have maybe just 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 a little bit of murder just a little bit of murder here and there? not too much or, or maybe I mean a little, little bit of lies here and there maybe maybe I'll just have come on man give me a little bit of idolatry <laughs>
1: are,
0: are you with me so why is it okay to have a little bit of fear let's say praise God for the Lord hallelujah Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be Thy name forevermore. Say this with me. Say, I refuse to fear. I set my face like flint. I'm a child of God. I'm born of God. I'm a child of the free. I have his DNA. My true identity is I am free indeed. So I'm going to rise up and line up with who I really am. I am free indeed. I am one with God. I'm the righteousness of God. Thank you, Father. I make up my mind. I will not tolerate fear, but with the weapons of my warfare, and with the truth that you give me, I will use my authority and make Fair bow in Jesus' name. Say, I'm going to make fair bow. I'm going to do it. Not me, but Christ in me. I'm going to make fair bow. I'm one with him. I'm joined to the Lord. So I'm going to make fair bow. I'm speaking in his name. I'm speaking from where I am. I'm seated at the Father's right hand. It's far above. Fear, anxiety, every demonic spirit, of fear is below me and is defeated. Hallelujah! I choose faith. I choose righteousness. I choose the love of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
1: Amen. I'm no longer saying to fear. Amen. you know sing it out.
2: don't have uh, the link will uh, provide it. And tomorrow also we start a full day. We're going to start at 10 and we have Apostle Sion with us. She's not with us today because her daughter is having a baby
0: today. The baby is already here. All All
2: right, here.
0: Uh, I don't know. Alright, so tomorrow yeah. we'll but see you. So. She's yes. a grandma.
2: The baby's hallelujah.
0: here, the baby's fine, everybody's fine. Amen. fine.
2: Amen. Thank Amen. you Jesus.
0: All right, so you'll
2: hear her at 10, and later in the afternoon, we have a light lunch in the, uh, in the middle. So, it is a full course mm-hmm. meal, a spiritual meal. So, you're welcome to come <laughs> and join us and bring somebody with you. you Amen. Mm-hmm. And this is the first good news. The second good news is. Yeah. Uh, we we'll wait for this to mm-hmm. happen. Okay. So, let me announce something else. Can they get the screen going? We have the TLMHCA. App. How many of you have it? We are pursuing this technology. We need to be able to download it Tell somebody to download it because you have this church or the minister of this church in your fingertips You can um, have article. you have live stream. you can give through it, you have everything You provide it here on location for your friends who are not here. So you can uh, share it with them and encourage them to uh, to connect to this ministry, even though they are in their own church, because what we have here is, is for the whole body of Christ, and it is rich. It's a teaching, and we have a vision, we already cast it anew, and uh, connect with us, we tell you what is the vision. This place is not only a church, it is a um, training center, making disciples. Amen?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, are we on now? Yes. Ready? Uh, the, other good news is we have a new website. Here we are. It is uh, tlmh.ca, not org. So we're trying to, um, uh, the branding, everything tlmh.ca. Tlmh.ca. We are in Canada. So when we, if we go in Lebanon, will be Tlmh.LE. When we go to Guyana, Tlmh.GUU. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. So um, go there, and please uh, browse through it, and, uh, and whatever you find that we need to tweak it, anything, just text us. Tell us, I found this on this page, and uh, we can improve it. Amen? Mm-hmm. It is really, really exciting. And um, the exciting part, this is uh, a gift from uh, Justin, our son Justin, uh, for his dad on his birthday today. Yay. Amen? Yeah. Okay,
1: let's sing. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, birthday to you. you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Ian. happy birthday to you.
2: Amen. God bless you, amen. amen? It's a blessing to the body of Christ, a blessing to our family, again. amen? Right. Hallelujah, can we have the lights on again? So please go check it out. You have our story, you have the new vision, you have... uh, It's very dynamic with pictures, very interactive, very exciting. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, And please, make sure you share it with your friends too. And anything that's happening on the app or uh, here, uh, we need from you a favor. Um, If you are blessed, it's blessed to give more to give than to receive. So take your phone this technology, social media, your Facebook, your YouTube channels, your Instagram. Alright? And share us on, on your platforms with your friends. Amen? Please do that. Uh, and we have uh, more good news. On the way out, you uh, you can pick up your free CD. Uh, Any CD from there is the message from Pastor Ian and I for you for tonight. Uh, also, we if you know, I don't know. Can Pastor Graham, can you grab me a book? The book, Passive's Handbook. Uh, Passive's Ian, how many of you know that Passive's Ian's book is out? It's called The Believer's Handbook. And if you haven't got your copy yet, please do. And we include our friends on the live stream. Pastor Ian's book, The Believer's Handbook, you need one. All right. Uh, give it a gift to someone. Uh, someone is a gift of the word. Amen. So it is also on our new website. We encourage you to get your copy. And um, since what we shared here is a blessing to you, we just encourage you, it is the work of the kingdom, we encourage you to give of your substance to spread this message around. Amen? So now we're going to take a moment. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand. And somebody will serve you. And our friends on the live stream, you can go to tmhca.ca. We have it on the screen and go to the bottom of the page. There's a give button there and you'll be able to give with a click of a button. And if you have the app, you can also go to the give and click it. And you'll uh, support the ministry. And we according on the envelope, there's a scripture. It is First Corinthians. He who gives seed to the sour will multiply your seed sown, and he will increase the fruits of your righteousness. One thing, clarification, you are righteous, but the, we're talking about the fruits of your righteousness, will increase it. That means the manifestation of his <coughs> nature, the manifestation of the abundance of your giving in every area of your life. Amen? So here it is, online. This is change now, plmh.org. Or also, if you have the phone now with you, you can text, 77977 to T L M H C A and you'll we'll be able to give and you can give with an envelope amen we thank you father for the seed sown. you are the one who perform your word and increase the seed sown, multiply it and increase the fruit of our righteousness in the name of jesus thank you jesus can you play for us a song or a song of worship giving is worship amen